0: Um, Nelson I I have something to confess to you Oh I've I've never seen that movie that a lot of people have seen. They say it's great but I, I have to admit to you that I actually have not seen
1: it What are you fucking kidding me? You haven't seen that one movie that everybody on earth has seen It's a classic
0: well listen i know it's a classic but like there are so many movies out there and yes i've seen a lot of movies but i have not actually specifically seen that one movie that everyone likes and i've never seen
1: so what do you propose to do about that
0: i mean i don't know we're sitting here bored out of our fucking minds in quarantine with nothing to do i was thinking maybe we just like i don't know we watch it and give our thoughts about it
1: you mean like do it as a holdup?
0: Yeah, but not like a hold up cuz it's like, you know, it's obviously a good movie. So like, I don't I don't know like a catch up or something like Ooh. I don't Does that
1: sound dumb? The hold up presents the catch up. I am intrigued. Really? You you want to try it? But you got to do one favor for me. What's that, Nelson?
0: You got to name the movie. All right, all right, all right. You've called my bluff. So here it is. I've never seen The Hustler. Oh my god.
1: Or the color of money. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do, so let's dig right in. Welcome to the catch-up. Every so often we pick a movie everybody has seen, but one of us, watch it and finally catch up. I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longino. Hey folks, we're in quarantine and bored out of our skulls, so we're gonna do something new. <laughs> hey yo! Here we go. Uh, a little bit of uh, uh, background on this idea, this lovely idea that Longino and I had. Uh, we had gone to see Little Women together, and there was an ad for a certain movie, and I'm not going to tell you what that is, because uh, hopefully this will be on a f- future version of the catch-up or a future episode of this, but I got to ask him Longino, well, y- you haven't seen that movie, but, I mean, everybody's seen it. It's amazing. And then he's like, yeah, I don't know. And it's like, well, then we should do this thing. and And so we were going to do a whole other yes. series, and then quarantine happened (laughs) and i was like well that other one i had it was definitely like one that i wanted us in the same room for and maybe a few other people so uh maybe we we will
0: we will maybe get to the the mystery movie or movies uh sometime soon
1: oh yeah whether you people ever hear of it or not john langeneau is going to be sat down and made to watch this movie in a party atmosphere and hopefully i can you know get all kinds of special guests and stuff but we'll see that's for another day today i have but this is a long-standing thing between long I I mean, of course, you know, there's a ton of movies that he has seen that I have not seen. And this is a film nerd like game that we play where everybody makes fun of everybody for having not (laughs) seen a specific movie, even though we've each seen thousands of movies. Yes.
0: I, I mean, I think this is pretty common in a lot of like friend groups and stuff like especially among people who love movies. Everyone has a gap in their resume of knowledge. And so inevitably, when you really get to know your kind of movie talking friends, you'll you'll always get to something that's like, oh my god, you you haven't seen that? Holy shit! Yeah. You've got to see that. And uh, for me, quite often, that's been the Hustler and the Color of Money. I've just it's it's not out of some objection. I'm sure they're fantastic. It just happened to have never seen them.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's one of those where like I don't know how you managed to not see them both, but it's like it's to me it's like well that's perfect because. To see both, like, kind of back-to-back is like, oh, my God, because two great movies, in my estimation. Now, you know, of course, dear listener, your mileage may vary, but, again, The Hustler is considered by most to be a classic, like, top 100, 200 film of all time by many. Color of Money, it doesn't enjoy the same type of reputation, but it is a fucking Scorsese film with Tom Cruise in it and Paul Newman, so it's got to be, like, some level of good, right? So, and plus,
0: uh, at least I don't have to wait decades like all oh, those other suckers. I just get to, <laughs> to get it over with
1: in an evening. So. That's right, because they were like 30 <laughs> years apart, right? Scorsese doing a sequel at all. It's like, if, if, if that would be like a trivia question, if I said to somebody, hey, which sequel did Martin Scorsese work on? They would look at me and go, what are you talking about? Martin Scorsese has done no sequels. But as far as I know, he's done one, which is The Color of Money. Correct. Which, I mean, and we'll get into that into the in the next section, the next episode, where it's a sequel, but... It could be mistaken for its own movie. Anyway, let's start with the the classic, The Hustler. Typically, on our hold-up show, this is where we would say, hey, who's seen it last and who knows it the least? Uh, Obviously, here, (laughs) Longinot knows it the least. Certainly as the as the catch up
0: e <laughs> so i guess we
1: might as well just stick with tradition and what do you know about it what do you right. what do you know and what would you guess it's about
0: that's a fantastic question so i i actually i've never seen a trailer for it i've seen like one sheet artwork and obviously i'm familiar with paul newman my knowledge of the hustler literally amounts to i know it's about pool <laughs> i know paul newman is in it i believe The Honeymooners guy, or or shall I say, the Smokey and the Bandit guy?
1: Right there, you go. uh,
0: Let's get it right. Yeah, Jackie Gleason, who once upon a time threatened to beat his wife or whatever, and apparently (laughs) was like hilarious for it. I don't know. (laughs) That's like that's what I know about Jackie Gleason is like he just keeps making a a joke about like, hey, one of these days I'm gonna fucking beat you up. Like (laughs) like, he just says, one of these days, bang, zoom, right to the moon. I've never seen The Honeymooners, which was a sitcom he was on. But well, whatever, that's that's my knowledge of Jackie Gleason. In addition to Smokey and the Bandit, one of the greatest films ever made, and he's <laughs> yeah. he's phenomenal in that, and and a villain, thankfully. So right. I imagine, you know, if I had to I had to like guess my impression of the Hustler in a, in a sort of zeitgeisty what I've gleaned from it is obviously I'm assuming Paul Newman is the titular Hustler, good guess, who is shooting pool and stuff. Uh, my closest like movie equivalent that i have seen that i can sort of guess at the vibe is the cincinnati
1: kid that wouldn't be a bad comparison necessarily
0: that one is a steve mcqueen film where he's a poker player right and and sort of in a hustler in his own way he's sort of like grifting and and poker dealing and i think it you know he's like playing in back rooms and it's been (laughs) a long time since i've seen it but that that seemed to be the vibe to me like a gorgeous man (laughs) <laughs> just just like oozing charisma, uh playing this sort of shifty, uh, but probably quite likable, you know, Han Solo-ish uh rogue <laughs> who who I'm gonna guess ends up in some kind of tournament or something. Like I I haven't seen the movie, I don't know, but like if if I had to guess, there's some high stakes pool something. Tournament, pride right. at the at the at the club or whatever. And obviously right. Jackie Gleason is like a competing poolsman now now what the actual MacGuffin of the movie is i don't know if it's like oh man i'm behind on my you know c- car payments and so i gotta make <laughs> one last hustle to you know what i don't know what the stakes are right like i don't know if it's just this low stakes movie of like people playing pool i don't know if it's like if he doesn't win this pool game you know his wife's kidnapped or whatever <laughs> like you know, i i doubt it Right, um, but yeah, on the scale of Cincinnati Kid to like Maverick, you know, and that's there's another <laughs> like you know poker movie that has like crazy stakes, right? And you know, I don't know if this involves robbery or, or, or violence of any kind of way. I don't think so. Like, it seems to me it's probably just a down to earth like character movie about the hustler,
1: right? Well. I'm not going to give away too much because I don't want to rob, you know, unlike other uh, episodes of The Hold Up, I'm not going to try. I don't want to rob you of this first viewing experience too much. Right, right. Um, so generally speaking, what I will say, yes, uh, it, 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 there does there is a game of pool between, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason at some point in the movie. Sure. But it's not. Really, gear. It's not really a oh, I've got to you know uh, prove my medal as a man, you know, by winning this sports tournament. It's really the stakes are very very low because the hustler, and you'll figure this out in moments, is the you know it's the titular Paul Newman, but he is a hustler. It's not just oh, I'm you know playing pool. He's trying to scam people. Um, okay he's like straight up con man yeah he's a con man and uh part of the trouble that he gets into is because he's a con man and uh and it just i mean basically he's like he's sort of what you say he's like a roguish han solo you know he gets away with things because you know he's great at pool and kind of funny but then shit happens to really knock him off his pedestal and it's Kind of crazy how far they go with it, because this is a 60s movie, and you would think, eh, sports movies. There are movies that I have not seen since The Hustler that do not dig as deep like character-wise as this movie. So I was really, really super impressed the first time I saw it. Uh, Another thing that you as a Twin Peaks fan will enjoy is that Piper Laurie is the love interest. Oh, okay. Uh, Young Piper Laurie. She's uh, uh, the Hustler's girlfriend, sort of. I mean, it's, you know, again, the the delight is in watching it, but she's in this movie. But really, part of the whole movie is just... That they are all (laughs) low-bottom, dirty scumbags. You know what I mean. They're all just down in the dirt. It's not like in Rounders, you go to Atlantic City, and it's the. It is really like back pool halls, and you know, this is back when pool halls were considered like shady and dirty. And if you went to a pool hall, yeah, unsavory. If you went to a pool hall, you were already kind of a certain kind of person. So, yeah, and uh, sort of the only avatar of anything clean or good is. Uh, jackie gleason honestly he's like the only guy who's like sort of above the other scumbags and he is just, because he's like oh my god he's minnesota fats the unbeatable pool player so
0: so i nelson i have a question for you without obviously without getting sort of plot away or anything major about the movie i, I this regarded as one of like the best movies ever What what am i looking for that's like why is this so great
1: um, well, this is one of those instances where hopefully it reveals itself. I mean, okay. you're not I, and I can say it's probably not going to be like, oh, my God, I couldn't have seen that amazing plot twist. You're not looking for like a story that you haven't sure. seen because well, you've I'm seen not
0: talking just particularly plot. Right. I just I just mean like what makes it a great movie? Like I mean,
1: element? I think part of it is that Paul Newman was a pretty boy and he plays a scumbag and that was like risky back mm-hmm. then. Um, I think part of it, too, is it's just a solid, good movie. I mean, I think you'll see when you watch it, even if you don't like it, you'll look at it and go, oh, I can see why people like it. It's well made. The actors are great. You know, people are doing their jobs. Whether you even like the movie or not, you can recognize, oh, shit, there's talent. So I, I think what you're going to find is you're, you're going to see a story that you've seen many times before. But hopefully you have not seen this movie because you'll just be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Hopefully, and it's verite in a in an era where verite was considered kind of like low down and dirt. You know, it's black and white. Are we talking
0: like Last Picture Show style
1: kind of verite? Yeah, like black and white. You know, again, greasy pool halls and down in the dirt people. It's 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 for the time. It's incredible. It's it's almost like a 70s film before the 70s came along. Honestly. Cool. So,
0: well I, I, I got to say I'm excited to cuz I've seen Paul Newman in many films and I like literally have never seen him be bad. Like he's, he's pretty <laughs> uh fantastic in every movie I've seen him in young to old like across right. the board. Well, and this this is just one that like I happen to have not seen so I'm excited for that.
1: I, I, I think the crazy thing for me is like I had seen Paul Newman in a number of movies and kind of had the same like oh yeah he's in Butch and Sundance and he's in this and he's in that he's you know obviously a great actor and then you see a movie like when he was young and you sort of expect a little bit more callow performance or you, you, see, you think to yourself oh he had to build up his chops or whatever uh, no <laughs> right. apparently he came into this uh, film world almost fully formed so and I don't you know I, I don't know all the Oscars or whatever I assume that it got some you know awards love also so there's that but i i'm sure that even beyond that there's just the like like somebody i'm sure will say oh the cinematography and that had done this when they didn't do this normally you know there's probably a million stories that i just don't know off the top of my head uh all i know is that the first time i saw it i was genuinely blown away and it's that kind of thing like when i first saw double indemnity when i first saw double indemnity i was in my like 20s what a movie And, you know, I had an appreciation for black and white and noir movies, but not like I would later on. And that's mostly due to double indemnity. You know, it's like that thing when you hear a song like you're in a bar or something like that and a song comes on the radio and you just stop what you're doing. And you're like, holy shit, this is now one of my favorite songs. I've never heard this before, but I have to hear everything this guy has done or this girl has done.
0: I I truly feel like anyone who's really into film. Remembers like when they discovered Billy Wilder, you know, like, <laughs> right?
1: The master
0: Billy right. Wilder, like. Because I don't care what movie it was, like it, it was a good
1: one. Right, and this movie is not that kind of a thunderbolt, but for me sure. it was one of those that, that kind of like got close. It was one of those, like, oh, wow, no wonder people talk about this movie. So uh, I don't think I need to ask you if you think it'll hold up. I guess the question... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to suck.
1: <laughs> well, I guess the question is more like, and you have no basis for this, but I guess... Hey John Longino, do you think you're going to like this movie? (laughs) You know, what do you think? Are you going to love it? You know,
0: I do, and I'm actually, generally, I'm pretty good at tapering expectations and taking a movie on its own merits. I know uh, quite often, especially talk about a catch up, this kind of a movie where someone's like, "What? You (laughs) haven't seen this?" Like that usually to most viewers, I feel like brings an energy. Where you're like oh my god you fucking idiot you haven't seen this movie you got to watch it right now what do you think and then you're sort of primed to be like eh
1: <laughs> seem better right. you know right like
0: but I, I i really uh not not to toot my own horn but like I, I feel like i'm pretty good at 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 just sort of taking a movie on its own merits uh i'm also pretty good at, at recognizing that things uh, you, you always i've seen movies before where i'm like oh this is the movie that everything ripped off. Oh, okay, I got it. You know, <laughs> right. And, and while I may have a, a fondness for a film that sort of came later that was inspired by that movie, I, I can still like sort of see it in the eyes of when it was made and go, oh, okay, I see why this caused all these things. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily the Hustler right. or, like changed cinema or something, but, but, um, I, I, I think I can certainly see it for what it is. Things <sighs> like, you know, it being in black and white, it being an right. older movie, that, that's not going to bum me at all.
1: You know what else you're going to see that you probably, even if you don't like the movie, you will still be probably somewhat impressed by it, is the fact that the actors had to learn how to play pool like experts. Nice. Because, you know, it's not trick photography. I mean, I'm guessing that there's like stunt hands every sure. so often. But I th- but <laughs> if I remember correctly, like Paul Newman made like a big thing out of like, no, I'm going to learn these tricks. I'm going to do real. these tricks and and tried. Right. His best. And Jackie Gleason, I guess, was already a pool player. Maybe I'm getting that, you know, legend mixed up, but like, sure. he was already pretty good. And then he went into this movie and, you know, became a, you know, runaway expert. I don't know. We'll have to look this all up. <laughs> it sucks even when I remember a movie and love a movie I still can't you know without like notes and research in front of me I just feel like oh well it's uh, maybe it was good I don't know maybe yeah, you know, I don't know so. what your
0: excuse is I'm coming into this com- like a babe in the woods so I- I- I'm welcome <laughs> to be ignorant but you really this is entirely unprofessional you should have had this for you. yeah well the funny
1: <laughs> thing is I mean part of this stems from and the hustler has been sort of like a a, a a knife's edge that I've been writing on this whole time we've been doing this show the hustler comes up in my mind a Lot as far as like oh I should check and see if it holds up but then I'm like but you know it holds up you know it's it's just one of those that like for me I know it's good I don't know what you're gonna think you might think it's like terrible I doubt it though which is why I'm like well just for entertainment's sake it's like I should bring you something where there's a, a you know a margin of error there's a smidge of a doubt that you'll be like I don't know and there's so many people who have been in the corner of the hustler that it's like eh we're almost it's too easy it's just you know shooting fish in a barrel at this point but i don't i mean i haven't seen it in probably a good 10 years at this point so i mean you know as much as i love it and as much as you know everybody in the world also loves it there's still that you know perhaps decade gap that has changed things so you know i mean there's still that room for i may come out of this feeling like, you're like this is the best movie ever it's like duh it's not so much <laughs> you but know, i doubt I'm, it <laughs> i'm ready to find out
0: either way like i'm ready to do this thing well fuck let's go watch the
1: hustler Buy a bottle, fifth of scotch. What do you want me to do? Just step out in the alley? Is that it? Big John, do you think this boy is a hustler? You're hearing
0: a rain check, and I know it. You're hanging on by your
1: nails. Let that glory whistle ring out loud and clear for Eddie, and you're a wreck on a railroad track. You're a horse that finished last. Now don't make trouble, Miss Ladybug. Live and let live, while you can. You tell your boys they better kill me, Bert. They better go all the way with me. Because if they just bust me up, put all those pieces back together again,
0: and then so help me. So help me, God, Bert. I'm gonna come back here and I'm gonna kill you.
1: Hey, we're back from the pool hall, everybody. Hey, Longino, how you feeling now?
0: Pool hall or (laughs) the the despair of humanity? (laughs) Wow, I'm uh, Nelson. I'm honestly like in shock. I think like I, I was not mentally prepared for that movie
1: like at at all really well that's why i didn't want to give anything away because to say well ostensibly it's about pool but really it's about losers and alcoholics and the the worst of the worst being dragged down in the dirt
0: (laughs) it's crazy i mean you told me beforehand you sort of hinted it like yeah you know he's not necessarily a hero this is kind of more you know he is a hustler or whatever and i was like oh okay (laughs) um yeah, I, I mean, in my brain, this was like a might as well be a sports film. Was right. what I thought, what I was getting into, and it is definitely not. No, like,
1: well, it has the trappings of a sports film in the beginning, which is why I didn't want to sure. say because you're like, oh, well, he goes up against Minnesota Fats, and I'm like, well, that is pretty much a done deal. But what I said, I think, was something like, well, yes, at some point in the movie, he goes up against Minnesota Fats. What I didn't say is he goes up against him almost like from the jump, from almost like minute one, loses, gets his ass kicked, and spends the rest of the movie spiraling and never really (laughs) recovers.
0: (laughs) Well, what's interesting, so initially, given his uh, failure so early in the film, which obviously was a, a little bit of a surprise that they were already shooting pool that soon... Uh, it, it's and for a while. It sort of reminded me of another film that I think seems to kind of borrow pretty heavily from this, which is Rounders.
1: Yes, I was going to say that if you didn't, it's like this is the blueprint yeah, for Rounders,
0: definitely. Because Rounders has this like, oh, I get my, you know, I lose the game, and then I go into some train mode, like <laughs> go on an emotional journey, and then come back and then win in the end, right? But I, I would actually give this. Proper's, i mean don't get me wrong rounders is a fine film oh I rounders it. is it's amazing like I, I love it just like it it's a great movie but rounders definitely has this like hero finale where it's like i did it <laughs> how do you like <laughs> dim apples like kind of thing uh you know obviously that line is from a different movie but like, <laughs> but, but spiritually uh it, it's sort of the same this this i think what i i mean i'll just right out the gate what i just adored about this movie and i did love this movie like it wasn't just like oh yeah that was great it was like i can i can see (laughs) why this is a classic film considered like a great movie yes because uh, like really it, it was just a it was a character movie about and they it was not afraid at all to in fact it really the theme of the movie seems to be about just just the faults of human beings yeah. and the and the sort of failure of human beings and the fear literally. that
1: we all constantly live in and and for them yeah. it's just it's become overwhelming and it's it's
0: a tragedy honestly it's yeah. like it might as well be a greek tragedy like <laughs> like what what's so fascinating is the movie is framed as like oh he's he's failed in this pool game and now his mission is to like beat this guy and what's really amazing is by the end of the movie he comes in and smokes him and it's like honestly it doesn't even matter like <laughs> right those are no longer the stakes of the movie it's like he's it's it's weird it's like a, a big theme uh, well i mean for anyone who maybe doesn't remember it, it's essentially sort of like this love movie kind of i mean like it's a yeah, fucked yeah. up love but. basically here
1: here are the beats uh paul newman plays fast eddie uh felson who has who's a young guy he comes in all piss and vinegar he's like i'm gonna beat minnesota fats and then minnesota fats cracks the shit out of him it's <laughs> just like basically well, yeah, yes and the, no yeah yes and it's, no it's
0: like well first he does beat him like yeah he beats him for dumb. a while but his
1: thing is like no right I'm going to go until Minnesota Fats basically gives up and yeah. cries uncle. He's not uncle.
0: satisfied with winning lots of money off of him. He wants him defeated in, like, begging. Yeah, he
1: wants him to to quit, and and he won't go until Minnesota Fats quits. And at one point... Uh, I was telling Longino's we were watching one of my favorite moments in this movie, and perhaps many movies, is they're both looking dragged out. They've been playing for like 25 hours, and uh, uh, Minnesota Fats goes into the bathroom. He's washing his hands while you know Paul Newman is just sucking down whiskey in the (laughs) foreground, and then Minnesota Fats comes out, puts on his jacket, powders his hands, puts a new boutonniere in his jacket, and he's fresh and ready to go, and that's the moment that Paul Newman is like, oh... I lose. I just lose. And, it, you know, and then they yeah. play it out, but then he's just like, oh, this guy beat me because he's right. ready to go and I'm done. I think
0: George C. Scott, even later in the film, literally says that. He's like, he beat you right then and there Like, yeah. he came out ready. Uh, it, to me, it's sort of a film about character more than anything else. Yeah. And not, not just the characters in the movie, but like the character of a human being. Yeah. It's, so, it's sort of like you can have all the skill in the world. But Minnesota Fats wins that game because he's got his head held high and his he's composed and
1: right. It,
0: it, it's almost like Paul Newman can't win until he doesn't care about
1: <laughs> if he's winning or not. <laughs> right. Well, I think there and there's kind of a. I mean, skipping to the end, there is kind of this hint that like in the beginning, you're kind of like, well, Minnesota Fats, he's losing a bunch up at the front, but he doesn't seem to care. And then when he wins, it's like, oh, he just outlasts him. And then at the end, he's like, eh. He sort of just kind of like, oh, you're you, you're better than me. I, I give up. And it's like, he's he's kind of dead inside at that. I mean, it's it's sort of been. like mm-hmm. it, it seemed like he had all the energy and and youth in the, and vigor in the beginning of the movie. Then by the end, he's just sort of like, ah, he's just kind of a sad old man, and well, he's playing pool. I,
0: I also think, yeah, yes, that is the result. And I think as a two-hour and fifteen-minute movie, I think they, <laughs> they graciously spare us another twenty-five hours of pool, right. or Whatever they shot. And and just sort of quickly get to like yes he has beat him now right um I, but but the tragedy of the movie I, I I mean I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Piper yes Laurie. well there's the middle
1: he then after he gets beat the first time he goes into a train station meets a woman there who is perhaps a hooker perhaps not they never say it outright but it's more or less implied. Well, she's
0: sort of vague and and could be, and then it's sort of by by like there's that scene in the movie where she kind of lays into him like, "Here is my backstory," right? And he, you know, he thinks she might be a prostitute, but it really turns out like she's living off of her dad's money, right?
1: So that pretty definitively, the movie makes it clear like she's yeah, not. yeah, you're right. Uh, I like mean, a hooker. I mean, I'm basically like this is the implication you get because she's at the train station just waiting around. And then right. later on, and then she says, oh, I got to catch a train. And then he f- falls asleep. And then she walks off and you're like, oh, she went to catch her train. And then he, the next thing he does is gets up, goes to a bar and she's right there. And it's like down the street or whatever. So you're like, oh, you know, you're just hanging around in train station and bars. What does that mean? But yeah, you're right. She later on is, is, you know, gives a different backstory, but they hook up. Basically he sort of. I said it uh, and, uh, during the movie. I said this is like the drummer in any band. He just like goes to the girl's house and then tells her I'm moving in now. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then so they hang together, and you know they kind of have this weird relationship where they're sort of good for each other, not completely, because they're drinking all the time and not going out, and but they're kind of just living in sin and squalor. Yeah, and, and there's a
0: great scene uh, in the movie where she basically says like We're strangers, yeah, and we just what do we do when the booth? Runs out and we just drink and make love and like I don't even know you kind of thing, right? And it's I, it, on cue like he walked into her apartment and I I literally said while we're watching it like uh, Q Tennessee Williams and I was <laughs> I was like not wrong no it, it totally he's walking around in a wife beater like shirt. <laughs> I was just like, yep, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. But it's it's very, very well done.
1: But the crazy thing is it's like they're kind of not good for each other, but they're not terrible for each other because they sort of start lifting each other up. But every chance they kind of get to lift themselves up, they also sort of lose a step. And, you know, they never sort of gain the traction that they need. Like, yeah. third, you know, at the start of the, the third act... She and he are sort of like, eh, maybe this is going to work out. We're going to go travel the road and do pool stuff. And then by the end, it's just like, oh, no, she's uh, she's uh, just a pawn in this, you know, in George C. Scott's game, which, by the way, I forgot to mention George C. Scott is in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Very important. Uh, oh, part. yes.
0: As good as he ever was, what a, a fucking fantastic actor. Oh, my he, God. He is great in this. I, I think I, I really remember pretty vividly. There's a really key scene in the movie where they're kind of doing this like lover's lane picnic or something. Right. And he, he's he's about to set off for sort of round two of of his pool, you know, shtick. Yeah. <laughs> And and she just really tur- the thing is I think they they're, they obviously meet each other in a very sad bad time in their lives right. And yes they start out kind of uh, you know just kind of debauchery and, and, <laughs> and drunkenness but but I you I agree with you there is this sort of hope that like oh this could be real and actually could work and she really takes a risk in the middle of the movie and just suddenly comes out with like. I love he gives this whole speech about you know why pool is the greatest thing in the world and it's an art and not everyone should see it and there's nothing better than a great game of pool or whatever. Right. And and she just suddenly is just like I love you. I uh, just just risking it all. I love you. And he doesn't even give her the courtesy of like a Han Solo I know or anything <laughs> like like the, what's crazy about the movie is he just blows past this it literally is like you need to hear the words huh and she's like yeah he's just like
1: Nah (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna meet somebody someday kid yeah
0: yeah yeah. oh you know maybe you'll
1: write a book about me (laughs) yeah
0: and it's like she she needs this thing from him that he cannot give her until he loses her? It's it's such an interesting movie. Because, I you know, to close your ears if you want to go check out The Hustler and you haven't seen it for some reason. But Piper Laurie ends up... It gets nuts. It's like <laughs> they get into an argument down in Kentucky at this, like, seedy party. And there's all this weird sexual tension between her and George C. Scott. And all of a sudden, she's, like, hate-fucking-him.
1: And, like <laughs> and he's writing. paying her
0: money. and Yeah, you know. it's, like, fucked up. And then she's, like, writing... Shit on the the a mirror. Oh like, yeah,
1: what was it? Hold on. uh Perverted, twisted, crippled. She writes that on yeah. the uh mirror because she herself has polio. And yes, there's other references to oh, like at one point Paul Newman gets both of his thumbs broken when he's trying to hustle, and then uh, George C. Scott says something about like oh, I just don't want to invest in a cripple. And Piper Laurie's like I beg your pardon, and he's like oh, I didn't mean you, sweetheart. And she's like oh, I know what you meant. <laughs> So yeah,
0: absolutely. But, but like, so she—it's the self-hatred of like, she's writing in lipstick all these horrible things about herself, and then slits her fucking wrist. Like I, was, I just couldn't believe it. And the, and this is like moments before Paul Newman was flirting with no less than like half a dozen women all around him. It was just—he's just. He's just I love actually the movie doesn't even remotely shy away from him being a total fucking prick. Like he full on slaps her in the face at one point when she's like being hysterical or whatever. And I, I I audibly was like, Oh God, (laughs) like I, I thought I was going to watch this film and like root for Paul Newman. And very quickly, I was like, "This guy's a scumbag." <laughs> like, right? A, a, he's re- actually not terribly likable through a, a, quite a bit of the movie, which which I was very impressed by. But but what was so amazing to me was like she commits suicide, and and granted, this is slightly fault flawed and obviously it's it's a male point of view movie right, yeah. it's a movie about a man piper Laurie, though i think for 1961 yes <laughs> certainly certainly gets a lot of a story and a lot of importance for that time it still is you know in service of a man's story right. so like I, but i it's not hey Nineteen sixty one. What are you gonna do? It is of its well, time. She but, is. But,
1: I mean Piper Laurie has got like they give her fantastic. so much character because like you say, there's nobody getting this kind of, you know, character development. with uh, women getting this kind of character development, except for like a movie adaptation of a Tennessee Williams yeah. play, you know.
0: And this isn't just like Scarlett O'Hara slapping Red Butler <laughs> and like and like being upset. This is just like this deep deep dark character thing of writing and lipstick and suicide. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. And then, and then, but for the end of the movie for, I, I just love the idea that the like MacGuffin and conceit of the film, which is set up as like, you gotta beat Minnesota fast, <laughs> Doesn't matter. The actual real arc of the movie is like him accepting that he loved this woman and, 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 and taking responsibility for like, what he did to her,
1: right? Yeah. So he
0: comes in and like wins the game, and he's in no way satisfied, and he basically starts yelling at George C. Scott, like, "We really fucking stuck the knife into her, didn't we?" And just this like spilling his guts out monologue yeah. that he, and then in this monologue, he's like, "And I love her. I loved her. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah." And I, it's like so tragic. Like she's dead. Like it, there's. This is not a happy ending by any stretch. Right. I, I was very impressed with that sort of dark and and true a like look at humanity, yeah. especially for that time, like 1961. I cannot believe
1: it. Like, I mean, yeah. That's the that movie was. In the dirt. Yeah. They are in the seediest bars, the seediest motels. You know, she and he are living in this apartment that's kind of nice, but it's kind of like a prison. And they themselves are just, they don't shy away from them looking scuzzy. Because like in the beginning, Paul Newman comes in and he's looking like a Greek god. I know. I even literally said out loud, like, what a
0: sexy motherfucker. (laughs) Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Little did I know that, like an hour
1: later, I would just be like, "What a scum! What a scum!" Man. But the <laughs> thing is, once Midas, they do this great thing, they you know he's young and he's handsome and he's all lit up, and and then he gets beat by Fats, and he just crushes his you know he's looking he's grizzled you know he's got a five o'clock shadow all the time you know once he gets his thumbs broken he's got these two huge casts on his arm he just he never look, you know he looks tired he's drunk he's just he never looks that vital again and even at the end of the movie where he's prettied up again he still has lost like the the light in his eyes which is like jesus i
0: I think one of the things i'm the most impressed by was this is like a beatnik angst movie. I was not. I was like not ready for like. This is like Jack Kerouac's Lost <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> like, I, I I really like that from that time. Like, I feel like there was th- that sort of beatnik culture. Like, kind of, I mean, not not that he's a beatnik in the movie, right. but if it just feel. I don't know. I I even said at one point like, what is this Catcher in the Rye like? And I and it honestly, I was closer than I thought I was. Right when I said that because he was just like looking at straws in a diner or looking bummed out and and (laughs) it just reminded me of Catcher in the Rye and then by the end I was like yeah that's that's pretty accurate right Um, it's sort of like that pre, because the '60s, not on, honestly, not unlike the time we're, we're like finding ourselves in now, it was just this time of you know civil unrest and a huge like societal change and 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 right. all this crazy stuff. And I feel like those early like late '50s, early '60s kind of beatnik zone it was like there were stories that kind of had a jump on that or sort of right. i mean not that this is about race or anything like that but but just sort of like angst in society yeah that, that sort of like about to kind of spill out.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those movies that I, I'm guessing that, you know, after the pill was introduced and women's sexuality was no longer just like, oh, well, if you sleep with a girl, then they, she gets pregnant and that's the end of that story or whatever. it's she It doesn't even have to be a consideration. There's no, like, they never even hint that the woman could get pregnant or that they could have a kid together or anything like that. So it's it's an interesting, like, thematic thing that, like, well, they can just have sex willy-nilly which is not what movies were doing back then and it, it was right. very frank about like adult sexuality and just like well they're just with each there's, other because there's any even, port in a storm
0: you know there's even that scene early on where he's first shacking up with piper lori and then his buddy like rolls by i guess has found him this is the guy he was like hustling with oh yeah his side.
1: uh his partner who payrolls yeah. him
0: and there was this really interesting scene where he comes in and it's fucking Piper Laurie's house. Like, let's not forget. Like <laughs> right. owned, like she's got the deed. This is her fucking place. And he it's just like he's just like get him a drink. Get me a drink. Whatever. <laughs> men are talking, like go to the go to the kitchen. And in, and in most scenes you would just be focused on the men. But this scene plays us Piper Laurie like in the kitchen kind of eavesdropping on this conversation. Right obviously not okay. Like, just just
1: clearly, like, literally a tear coming down her eye. Well, part of it is, like, his partner, Charlie, right? I think that was his partner. Yes. Charlie is sort of, you know, just... And not in a mean way. He's just trying to say, look, you know, Eddie, you're a certain kind of a guy and this is what you do. And, you know, I and the big betrayal in the scene, as it turns out, is like they think they're at, you know, Fast Eddie lost all of his money to Minnesota Fats or so he thinks. Turns out Charlie held back some money because he knew fucking Eddie is a fuck up. And he's like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just travel. We'll you know the three of us. will travel, and then once you're feeling good again, we'll start you know hustling again. And but Eddie can't get past the like, oh, you held back money from me just enough to get by. Fuck you! I needed that money to beat Minnesota Fats, and it's like a huge betrayal for him. And meanwhile, the guy is practically saying, "Look, dude, we can, you, you need to heal. You need to you know get back on the road. I'm I'm trying to be like a father to you." And yeah, and meanwhile, Piper Laurie is just watching this you right. know, disintegration. But
0: what's interesting is for me, it's like, that's the, what the dialogue of the scene about. But And maybe this is just the way I was viewing it, uh, it, it with a sort of modern lens. But for me, that was like Piper Laurie scene. Like even she didn't have a fucking line of dialogue. Right.
1: Well, she's seeing but, what he but, will do to her one day, basically.
0: Yeah. I, well, not yet. I, I don't know. Not only that, I just I mean, maybe this is just a vibe I was picking up. It was just this sort of like, I have to sit here silent. While these men talk in my house right. and I have to serve them drinks. Right. And I and I liked this guy and now I'm finding out he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this small time hoodlum. And right. it's like, why is it, why are these fucking men in my house? Like, <laughs>
1: this
0: is awful I should just kick him out like oh but I like him and I have to sit here and I can't say a fucking word
1: yeah and kind of like this oh it's happened again (laughs) you know what I mean you get the sense that this is not the first bad choice she's made with a dude yeah
0: I mean, I don't know if this is just maybe because Paul Newman was so scummy, but there was like pretty early on in the movie, my entire like emotion and stake sort of shifted to Piper Laurie's character, right? Honestly. Yeah. Like she she frankly, she like practically practically became the protagonist to me. Right. I mean, there's that scene in the at the party. You you pointed this out, it's like basically a one shot take. Like we are not at that party in Paul Newman's point of view. Right. Like we are at that party in Piper Laurie's point of view. Like she, she is like walking through, having three drinks in thirty seconds. Like just <laughs> that was pretty them. amazing. It's amazing watching him flirt. She's mad. George She's got and this amazing thing. where like we don't even see hear what he says. He like whispers something in her ear. Obviously horrible. Like right. who knows what it was, but it's probably terrible. And then she pours a drink on him, and then she's hysterical like that. She's the protagonist
1: at that movie. Like <laughs> like,
0: it, Paul Newman's literally in the fucking background, right? Like just hanging out. I mean, obviously it's his movie, and he's yes. shooting pool and stuff. But there was something about her and And but I've always loved Piper Laurie. I love Carrie. I love Twin Peaks like that. I was I was like frankly floored.
1: Yeah. she's at Her great.
0: performance in the movie. I I think she's one of the best things in the movie. I mean Paul Newman obviously great, George C. Scott is fantastic like the fucking mayor from jaws kill, killing it as always as always
1: yeah that was the great thing about that moment like you say uh you know she's kind of the focus paul newman's off in the background and then she passes by you know the amity mayor i forget his name i should look it up and, and he's watching her but you can't tell what his like sneer is about because he's kind of yeah. watching her with like a look at it but you can't but he's sort of been playing like this paul lind like ambiguity about his sexuality it's like is he you know straight is he gay does he find her attractive does he think this whole thing is just funny to watch i mean you can't really tell uh, but he's also sort of by, off to the side and just watching her and you're seeing her reaction to him and then uh, george c scott kind of comes into the frame but he's i just I, I always dig it when like main characters or big actors are not like the focus of the frame i always find that like a, a, right. a really brave choice for, for- a director for me that
0: red is leering, and I noticed this a few times. There's like there's some supreme male gaze going on in this movie. It's mm-hmm. like crazy. But that Piper Laurie has all these scenes where she's like walking to and from in scene and there are background creeps just like leering at her. <laughs> like I, in particular, there's one on the train, right? Where she's like walking up to join them for breakfast, and there was just there's there's like people having a party. <laughs> it's like this rocking, you know, ruckus like at on the train, and this guy like in the in the mid ground of the shot just just checks her out like head to toe and is just <laughs> like staring at her the whole time and and to me it wasn't like just some extra that was a weirdo it's like i i noticed that a lot and that scene with the mayor from jaws i that's what it read to me like he's at the party and he's just looking her down right like, basically like addressing okay. her with his eyes but but you know i could see it any which way yeah but t- to me that was another thing that's like how often do you see that at that time like like oh, just yeah. just acknowledging this woman being you know i fucked by everyone <laughs> around her like
1: right yeah, this is the world that we actually this uh, like neo realism i don't know what you would call it, but just like lived everything looks lived in Every, even though Definitely. you can sort of tell like well this motel is probably a set but it doesn't look like a set I mean everything looked like no there's been people here before there's like you know uh, uh, a nice layer of grime that's just set in you know it's just and the way, like you say the way people look at things all the extras are doing interesting things they're not just passing by you know and right. sort of you know oblivious to what's going on they'll check her out they'll look at Paul Newman you know so it's just it's it's amazing how much they're sort of getting away with at a time when that's just not what people were looking to have
0: there's even that moment where Piper Laurie's passed out upstairs and Mm. by the way for also for the 60s there's there's like especially when they go to Kentucky there's just all these black like servants yes that are practically just standing like statues and stuff that had its own like weird thing but like there's a black servant looking over her or maybe
1: the coats on the bed (laughs) yeah that's the thing you can't tell if she's there yeah she you don't know if she's there to watch the coats or the woman sleeping on the bed and and you're like okay and then
0: this other woman comes in and you're thinking like oh is she checking up on piper lori like what's going on and and there's this long, drawn-out thing where she's just, like, pushing her aside to get her coat. Yeah, to get her mink. <laughs> yeah. And then she exits, and then Paul Newman enters. And it's like, if you were doing a scene in a movie, you would just have, like, Paul Newman walk in and start your scene. So, like, that those kind of moments, I think, do add to, like, a verite, too, yeah. of, like, oh, this feels like a real party. This right. just feels like a real moment that would happen. You
1: don't have to do that. Yeah. It totally works. Well, I think unless you have any other things to uh, gush about, because there are many. No, I mean,
0: honestly, I mean, well, it's a great movie. If anyone hasn't seen The Hustle, you should totally go see it. I now understand (laughs) like, oh, you haven't seen it? You should see it um it that, i think for for a catch-up i'm glad i'm glad i'm late to the party there, there's no regret there's not a single ounce of like i don't see what the big deal is like it it, it was a great movie
1: yeah well um, and it was great to watch it again and just be like oh yeah oh that happens oh fuck that's yeah, right this is amazing yeah, and and honestly, I'm very excited
0: that there's like a sequel to this movie. Like, I I'm I'm interested to see what this broken man is doing 20 years from now.
1: Yeah, well, and I doubt it's what you'd expect. It's interesting. It's very 80s in a lot of ways, but uh, but it's Scorsese kind of you know balancing it out. So okay, I don't know. All it's right. interesting, but uh, so. When you come back next time, folks, we will be discussing Martin Scorsese's sequel to The Hustler, The Color of Money. So I, I don't even know. I, I'm so used to like, oh, we need to like talk about holds up, doesn't hold up. But it's both, we're both obviously like, oh, this movie's great. Don't you guys it? Love it? it holds
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Unquestionably holds up. Uh, we it, have it, you've it's officially strong film. You're
1: halfway caught up on The, the Hustler saga. So. Uh, if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions for this little experiment we're doing in uh, movies that you don't need to worry about them holding up, you can write us at holduppodcast at holduppodcast.gmail.com. You can uh, also go to holduppodcast.com for links to everything, social media and whatnot. Thanks for listening. Join us for part two of the catch-up. And until next time, we have a contract of depravity. I'm <laughs> going